Thanks for tuning in to 318 Live Podcast. If this is your first time, we want you to know that you are loved. And we're praying for you. We're praying that each message will encourage you no matter what journey you find yourself in. We hope you enjoy this message. situation where someone asks you to do something that you just do not want to do. Okay, I feel like that's like my life nowadays. I do think that I that I certainly do not want to do and I usually don't do it because it's uncomfortable, right? It's uncomfortable. And maybe you might think, okay, there's there's no point to this. Right? Or you can think, um, this is actually kind of annoying and annoying and it's just a waste of time. Have any of you ever been there before? I've been there all the time. I'll never forget, though, there was once when I was 10 years old, okay? And uh, I used to go to church with my, with my uncle. And here's one thing about my uncle is that he is that uncle that he would literally stay after service for like three hours to talk to the world, Okay, so I was there literally from like 9 a.m. to like 12.30. Okay, that's just the way how we rolled. But here's the thing. I didn't like talking to people. I know it's crazy because if you know me now, I talk to the world. You know what I'm saying? I talk to absolutely everyone. But I did not like talking to people. I thought it was weird. I thought like, what's the point? Like, let me live my life. But then again, I was 10 years old. But I'll never forget there was a moment that just changed my life. When I was 10, I was sitting down in a corner waiting for my uncle to just stop, stop talking with everyone. And immediately I felt God just talk to me. I was like, hey, you see that older lady over there? I need you to go pray for her. And I need you to go and talk to her. Okay, number one, I was just 10 years old, so I was like, there's no way that this is God talking to me. I was like, no way. I'm just a little kid. There's no way that God is asking me to talk to someone, to pray for someone. I mean, I don't even think that I know how to pray, right? I don't even know that I know how to do it right, like if there's actually a right way to do it, right? Number two, this lady was about 50 years old. I was only 10, so I was like, she knows more words than I do, kind of. Like, she knows, she's done life to the fullest. I don't, I don't, no, I don't want to do that. And so what I did is that, you know, when we're in these uncomfortable situations, what we do is that we run away from them, right? So I legit ran. I mean, I'm not kidding. Like, I legit was like, nope. And I just started running. And I went to go look. That's why I was like, peace out. I went to go look for my uncle, got in the car, and I sat there. But then my aunt started talking, and she started saying, you know, there was this uh, lady at church today that all she needed was some extra love, and all she needed was encouragement. And when I found out who she was talking about, it was that lady that God told me to go and pray for her. How many times have God asked us to do things, but we just run away? That God has given us a word that makes you feel uncomfortable, right? That makes you feel like, oh, God, but why? I don't want to do this. And yet you run away. So today we're going to talk about one of, uh, he's, he's this guy from the Bible that he, everyone knows that he has a bad rep. He's the one that ran away from what God told him to do, and then he got eaten by a fish, okay? So we're going to talk about Jonah today, all right? So we can turn to Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. And it says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. 
Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. That right there is already very intense, okay? Because its wickedness has come up before me. So Jonah, let's give a backstory about Jonah. Jonah was a prophet, okay? A prophet is someone that receives the word from God, and so then he has to go and share it with his people. That was Jonah. Jonah was a prophet, but Jonah has a bad rep. Jonah is the, is, the, is the guy in the church that we are always like, no, he's the bad one. Like, oh, man, like you don't want to be like Jonah. He's the one that ran away. He's the guy with a bad rep. He was known as the reluctant prophet because he would run away from the things that God had asked him to do. And so, you know me, I wanted to research what Jonah meant because I was like, I feel like everyone back, day, back in the days in the Bible had really cool meanings to their names, right? And so I was like, I'm going to go ahead and do some research. What in the world does Jonah even mean? And if you look at the meaning of Jonah, it means a dove. And if you know anything, so a dove is a type of bird. And if you know anything about birds, birds can sense when a storm is coming and they flee. They fly away before it actually gets there so they can go to safety. Jonah was practically doing what his name was. He was flying away from what God was calling him to do. But now before we continue to bash on Jonah, here are just some facts that you need to know about what God was asking of Jonah. God was asking Jonah to go to Nineveh, okay? Now, Nineveh was the capital city of Assyria. And if you know anything about Assyria, it, it was creepy back then. Like that empire, the way how they had fun was practically through torturing people. Okay, one of the things that they did for fun was this, how they tortured people. They literally dug you underground, okay, just your body, neck down, and then your head was above the ground. So literally everything was underground except for your head. So you can imagine just being stuck there, probably bugs going up your nose, probably snakes coming at you and whatever it is that they do, bite you, whatever. I don't know. I don't really know much about animals, but whatever. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe even birds coming at you and just picking your eyes out. I don't know, but it's torturous, right? Like, who would want to do that? But yet God was calling Jonah to go to Nineveh, okay? Another thing that they would do for fun, I mean, these people would just go through the city and chop people's heads off and then get their head and build pyramids of people's heads. I mean, number one, that's disgusting. But yet God was calling Jonah to Nineveh. And then we have Jonah. He was a prophet from Israel. And Israel was enemies with where God was calling him to go. So automatically it makes sense. I don't know about you, but if God was to tell me go to Nineveh, I'll be like, uh, no way. And just run the same way how Jonah did. Right? Right? But here's something that, that you need to know. And here's the one thing that you need to know. Sometimes God calls you to do things, and it's not what you want. It's not always what you want. God is not someone that's just going to just always give you things that, that please you, things that make you feel comfortable. Because the truth is that sometimes those things aren't even the very things that you need. God is going to give you the things and make you do the things that it's not what you want. And you know, what's so interesting is 
is that some, some of you here in this room, and I believe with myself too, we have Jonah's inside of us where God calls us to do something, but yet we keep running away from the assignment that God is giving us. And so we, we, we say this, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm not going to do it now. I'm going to wait. I'm just going to wait. And so we're delaying, and we're delaying, and we're delaying the process. So it's kind of like delayed obedience, right? Delayed obedience. But, you know, I just need you all to know that delayed obedience is still disobedience because you're not doing what God is asking you to do in that very moment. You're still not doing that. And it's just so incredible that, and I've even seen it in my life, that we get to a point where, we are so okay with being disobedient that we get into a habit of just waiting, just waiting. And what we're waiting for is, no, I know that if I keep praying harder, God is going to give me a different word and one that I actually like. I know that if I pray harder, God is going to give me a word. Instead of going to Nineveh, he's going to tell me, Jenny, go to Hawaii, girl. Go get some. Go get a tan. Go do all that stuff. But sometimes what God asks of you, it's not what you want. And so tonight, what is God asking of you that you're running away from? What is the word that God probably gave you at the beginning of this year that you keep delaying, 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 and delaying? You know, I think that in this when we're, when we're in that process of just waiting, I think it's so important that you have to keep in mind that God is a good God. That God is always good, right? And we've learned this all the time. God is good all the time. And all the time. Okay, let's say it one more time. God is good. And all the time. Right. So if God is good and God asks you to go somewhere where it seems like it's to Nineveh, to a place where you will practically die, why not trust in the fact that it's his character, that he is good, so therefore he will keep you safe, that he will keep you where you need to be, that he will keep you with no harm because God is good. But here's the thing, when you, until you get the understanding that God is good, then you will be willing and being willing is not always something that, that comes easy. And just because you're willing to something does not mean that you want it, right? I mean, we look at people in the Bible. I think about, you know, one of the people that I think about is Moses. And the things that God called him to do, practically to let go of all the extravagant life and the luxury where literally if he was to snap his finger, someone would probably come feed him some grapes and fan him with the palm tree or whatnot. You, do you really think that Moses wanted to give that away so that he can go ahead and set some people free? Do you really think that Moses wanted that? No. But he was willing and therefore he was able to accomplish it. Because God was with him, because God is good. Do you really think that Daniel wanted to be in a den with a lion? I mean, I think about that and I'm like, the lion could have come from my leg first and therefore I would be suffering because I wouldn't die instantly. I would just stay there suffering, right? Do you really think that Daniel wanted to go in the lion's den? No, but he was willing. Do you think that Jesus wanted to go on the cross. Do you think that Jesus, a man with no sin, wanted to go on the cross to bear that sin that was yours? No. 
It even says it in the scripture. It says, he went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. And it's so crazy because if we look at all these people in in the Bible that do all these tremendous things, they have an understanding that because they're doing this, it's not even for their glory, but it's to give God glory. And therefore, if you know that if it's to give God's glory, then you know that you have no part in this assignment and in this mission that God has for you. That it's not in your control, but that it's in his control. Therefore, you will win. You will succeed sometimes it's not what we want sometimes God asks of us that asks of us to do things that does not make sense but you still have to be willing because he is good and he'll be with you and he will protect you here's the thing God wants to use every single one of you in this room and I believe it because I've talked to almost all of you and all of your passions and the things that y'all want to do. I'm just like, well, come on. Let's go change the world. But you have to be willing, even if it's something that he does, even if it's something that you don't want or that you don't like. So let's continue reading. It says, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa. What an interesting name, Joppa, uh, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed to Tarshish to flee from the Lord. You know, as I was reading this story this week, I, I just love how real this story is and how actually like the reality of life is when you see this scripture. Because the truth is that how is it possible that when the second that God gave him a word to go to Nineveh, there was a boat to go 2,500 miles away from his destination? How is that possible? Like how in the world is it possible that when God gives you a word, then out of nowhere, but wait, there's another option so you could go away and get away from where it is that God wants you to be. Here's the thing. Here's number two. Options will come your way. There will always be a second option when God gives you a word and when God asks something of you. You know, I've seen it clearly in my life. I will never forget. I was living in North Carolina. I don't know how I survived because I do not like the cold and I do not like snow. So that in itself was a miracle. It wasn't what I wanted, but I still did it. Um, And so... I was over there, and I remember I was interning with a church, and I remember we went through a week of fasting and prayer, and the one word that would come to my mind was Louisiana, Louisiana, Louisiana. And immediately I was like, what is this? Like, I'm such a city girl. God, you want me to move to Louisiana? What the what? You know what I mean? I was like, this is crazy. And so what I did is that I called, it was Pastor Destiny and Pastor Philip that wanted to move me here. And so I went ahead and, and I, you know, I called them and I was like, hey, I just, I just wanted to know, you know, if that opportunity is still open. And immediately she was like, yes, I'm going to connect you to my personal assistant, which is someone that I absolutely adore. And we're going to fly you over here. And I was like, okay, 
okay, cool. So I guess Louisiana is really, really happening, really, really happening, you know? And it's funny because the day before I had to step on the plane, my supervisor came to me and told me, hey, we have a job opening, opening up for you here, for you to stay here in North Carolina. We want you to stay. God gave me a word and God spoke to me, Louisiana, Louisiana, Louisiana. But then there's always another option that comes that wants to stray you away from where God is calling you to be. And here's the honest truth. When God speaks to you and, and the word of God comes to you, opportunities and different things will always come so that you can get on the wrong boat and go to the farthest destination than where you're actually supposed to be. And that's how the enemy works. And some of you here in this room have probably even experienced that. Or you're like, man, I know God called me to this. But hold up, wait a minute. Here is another opportunity that just sounds way, way better. Right? And here's the thing. The enemy does that because he knows that if you commit to saying yes to the mission that God is inviting you to be a part of, if he, if he allows that to happen, then he knows that you're going to shake the world and you're going to change this world. And that's why he'll always want you to get on the wrong boat. That's what Jonah did. He didn't go where God was calling him to go, which was to go to Nineveh. Instead, he got on a boat to go to Tarshish, which was farther than anywhere where God even wanted him to go. And, and, if, and if the enemy can get you to a point where he can distract you, right? Because that's what he always wants to do, distract you from where you need to go and where you need to be. If he can do that, it'll come to a point where you'll just be in a cycle because you're in disobedience, that you're just going to get tired. And you're just going to want to give up. And at the end of the day, you're just going to throw your towel. And you're going to stop. And so, you know, I was thinking, like, really quick, I'm going to share with you just some tips so that you can know how to get on that right boat. Because I would never want you to get on the wrong boat because you'll literally go nowhere. You wouldn't even make it in life if you go on the wrong boat. So what are some things that you need in order to get on the right boat? Here's number one. You need to know God. You need to know God. You need to know who he is, who he has called you to be, who he says he wants to be in your life. You need to know God. And not only that, but you need to allow him to work through you. You need to allow him to search your heart. You need to allow him to be like, hey, this isn't part of my will, so I need you to clean this act up, and I need you to get right. So it's the knowing of God. The second thing is that you do have to read your Bible, but you also have to apply it. You have to apply it. A lot of you just read it like if it's a normal book, but then those things that you need to practice, like generosity, loving people, gentleness, you ignore that part. You need to apply that. It's the word of God that you need to apply. And it says in Philippians 4, 9, it says, Paul writes, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. When we apply the Bible, God himself will be with you. And so when you have to make your decision because you're applying the word of God and what you've read, God will be with you and he'll help you get on the right boat to go to the right con you know, place where you need to go. The third thing is community. Oh, man, that is a big one. Because, look, Jonah was a prophet, okay? 
The word of God came to him. But I bet you anything, if he had the right community around him and the right people around him, then he probably would have, his friends would have told him, hey, you're not supposed to go to Nineveh. You're supposed to go, you're, you're not supposed to go to Tarshish. You have to go to Nineveh, sorry. Community, community calls you out. The right community will help you get to where you need to get to. And something that my grandma would always tell me, she told me a lot of, a lot of sayings and a lot of them I didn't understand because I was really young and I don't know, they were just weird to me. But she would tell me this one thing all the time. She would say, dime con quien andas y te diré quien eres. Naomi knows what I'm talking about. That's right. And so does Camille because he knows Spanish. And it's practically saying, tell me who you're with. Tell me who surrounds you, and I'll tell you who you are, and I'll tell you where you're going. So if you want to go and you want to get on that right boat, you need to know God. You need to read your word and apply it, but you also need the right community. So let's go back to the story of Jonah. So he heard a word from God, and he was like, oh, no, I'm not doing this. And so then he got on a boat, and he went to the complete opposite direction, 200 and I don't know how many miles farther away from where he actually needed to get to. And so if we read verse 4, it says, Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea. Right there. And such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. We're going to read a couple of verses, by the way. But Jonah had gone below deck where they lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us. What kind of work do you do? Practically, who are you? And then he answered, Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and, asked, and they asked, what have you done? crazy how the sailors kind of really knew that he disobeyed, huh? The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? And Jonah said this, pick me up and throw me into the sea. And it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. And, you know, it's so funny because sometimes you, you think that you can run, but you can't hide. I bet the second when Jonah got on that boat, he was like, you know what? I'm going to get on this boat, and I think that that's it, so I'm just going to go into a deep sleep. I'm just going to sleep, and everything's going to be okay. You see, Jonah thought that he could slide with that disobedience. Jonah really thought that that was it, that him just going on the wrong boat, him being disobedient, that, that God was just going to leave him. And Nineveh, the whole thought of Nineveh, what? That's already gone, 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 gone. But the truth is that you can run, but you can't hide. And I truly believe, you know, 
that a lot of us here in this room, man, the story just relates so much to all of us because it's like, what is God calling you to do that you keep hiding from? You know, I, I really do think that God has, has put a word in each and every single one of you. Probably since, you know, your New Year's resolutions. I don't know, a word that God gave you, but yet you keep hiding. And you keep running. And you keep saying, God's not going to get a hold of me. I can outsmart this God. Hey, I can totally keep living my life how I want to live my life. What is it that you're delaying and that you're trying to hide from? It could be something simple, like a bad habit that you need to let go of. Maybe you're trying to hide from, from the process of, of actually getting inner healing to something that has been done to you. Maybe you're just delaying the process of maybe forgiving someone. I mean, I've been there before. I've delayed so many processes. I've tried to hide so many times. I mean, it's, it's like more than my fingers and toes put together. <laughs> but maybe some of you in this room are even kind of delaying and hiding from even getting plugged into a church because you've been hurt before. And maybe God spoke to you like, hey, this, this is where I want you to go. I need you to serve. I need you to get plugged in. You know, and as, as the band starts coming up, many of us think that, that when we run farther from God, that that's going to help the whole entire situation. That when we run farther from God, then the call that he has for us, it just ends there and that we will be okay. But here's the truth, that you can't run from God. God's grace will track you down. It literally will track you down. I truly believe that God sent that storm, you know, to Jonah just to wake him up. To be like, hey, Jonah, stop being in your deep sleep. I need you to wake up, and I need you to see that I'm still not done with you. I need you to see that I still have a plan for you. I need you to see that I still want you to go to Nineveh because I want you to accomplish something. God will send a storm to shake you and to wake you because he wants you to know that he's not done with you. That he still wants to do something with you. That you falling asleep is not okay. You know, I, I believe that God sent that storm to wake him up so that he can, so that he can stop sleeping on his destiny. So that Jonah can stop sleeping on the promise that God has for him. And God has promises for our lives that we just sleep on. Because it's not what we like. It's not what we want. It's nothing comfortable to us. And if we keep on reading... Jonah in verse 12 says, pick me up and throw me into the sea, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon me. Now, what's so crazy is that this storm got Jonah to the posture that he needed to be in his whole entire time. It was the posture of surrender and then to the posture of willingness. 
And he knew that the second that he surrendered and that he was willing, that his storm will calm down. That his storm would stop. Because here's the truth. The second that you surrender and the second that you're willing, man, that's the moment where your life really begins. Where your life to live this extraordinary life begins happening. But it only happens in the moment of surrender and willingness. If this message encouraged you and you want to know more about 318 Live, go ahead and visit our website, 318live.co. And we hope that you have the best day ever.